Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. him or just switch on to the reality that God is real and begin living for him, something happens in our life where we begin to be transformed. And it doesn't matter all over the world. I mean, it might be a person you saw 10 years ago and they're in a far distant land and then you see them again. You think, how does Jesus transform them like he's transformed me in a way that's actually common to God? Uh, They might be in a different denomination. They might be in a different setting. But there's something about Jesus that desires transformation in us as believers. And he desires us to become like him, but he actually wants us to be like him like us, if that makes sense. So he wants us to be who we are living for him. We don't have to become cookie cutter and all of a sudden look like just that person and uh, that church or that style or that, that language even. He actually wants to look like him in us. And so when he transforms us, he makes us more like ourselves as well, more like him, but more like our true self, because we're not trying to be like someone else. We're being transformed into his likeness. But his likeness is actually our true self, isn't it? It's the way we were meant to be. We were made in his image. And so actually us, who we are, even our flesh and blood, has a calling and a destiny to look like something in the natural. And so the work of the cross, the work of Jesus, of sanctification, of holiness and his presence and everything good about God is to transform us into our best selves. Most of us in the room, obviously it's New Year. Some will make resolutions. I think that's getting less and less popular um, just because we don't like failing at the resolutions. But there's, there's, it's great to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But a transformation process takes time and it takes depth. It takes quality. We did something funny yesterday. We uh, have a few old pieces of antique um, farm equipment and we decided to... um, Karen's very artistic in this area, so we we sort of had pictured where we want these things and one's an old seeding horse horse and... a horse-pulled cedar, if anyone knows what that is anyway. Um, and uh, it's still in okay condition and it had just been sitting, you know, up in one of the paddocks. And so we, we got it out and actually the wheels still work, the chains still work. And I mean, this thing's from the 1920s, 30s, something like that. And yet it still rolls and, and everything. It was just fascinating. And so we put it as an ornament. But it speaks volumes about building quality in our lives. It just just speaks so much about longevity and and quality rather than just wham, bam and trying to do things instantly and instant gratification, but actually building in reserves, building in strengths. And we have this quote that we say regularly to each other. It's a Joyce Meyer quote, I think. uh, Living with margins. And... um, Karen used to joke because she would jokingly call me margin and she said she lives with margins. (laughs) But living with margins, this is is not a modern day thought. 
living with big margins, as in safety barriers, as in time, peace, rest, uh, building things that are going to last, building some, some buffer, if you like, on, on our thinking, on our time, on our relationships, so that we actually have quality. And if we need to go into the margins, we've got plenty of room to go into the margins. We're not worn thin. In our modern day, it's, it's, it's so common. People burn out. We tire out. We lose steam. We jump from one thing to another. Why? Because we don't live with those margins and those buffer. We, we, we live very, very close to the edge, don't we? Because it's just enough to survive these days. It's just enough to cope and, and financially and time-wise in every way to get on top of things. But there's something to be said about an antique piece of farm equipment that knows how to sit and do nothing. But it lasts. It lasts. And you know, the older it gets, the better it looks. And that's like a lot of you. Isn't it, Jill? <laughs> what, a, what a blessed thing to not have to jump from year to year and jump into 2018 and go, oh, I'm saved. It's a new year. I've just, everything, everything old is gone. If we're hoping for our modern day calendar just to click us into a whole new season, we might be very shallowly hoping. Now, hey, we pray it happens, but ultimately, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's not so concerned by the click of a calendar. And there's different calendars anyway. So which one does Christ work to? I don't know. Is he confused? But but if we look at it, actually, he wants to build something into us so that we transform over time into great antique Christians who still work, who look even better than we've ever looked. And people can just sit us in the garden and look at us. <laughs> in our rocker or whatever, you know. Romans 12.2, let's throw that up on the screen or turn there in your Bible if you like. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we've heard this one very regularly. We know this verse. And then it goes on saying, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's it saying there? It's saying that, the transforming process being renewed in our mind, which is our understanding, it's not just a functional thing that sits up here and doesn't do anything. It's actually a living, breathing thing. It's called our understanding. So our thinking, our thoughts, our, our uh, beliefs, if you like, our logic, all of these things that we try and understand in the world, that's what he wants to renew. So if your understanding is of lack, then it needs to be transformed into his likeness. If your understanding is that I'm just going to be living in this situation for the rest of my life and I'm going to have to suffer through this and suffer through this and suffer through it, that's just my lot in life, then you need to be transformed by renewing your understanding. Your understanding is that his best and his life is that you would have life and more abundantly that you would have a quality of life, that you would have faith. You might go through struggles. You might still have some aches and pains that you have to you know, walk through and, and have faith through. This is, 
This is humanity, isn't it? This is the flesh part of our walk. But being transformed means we actually have an understanding that surpasses what we might be feeling. And so this verse, Romans 12 too, obviously a highly quoted verse, it's saying this so that when the time comes, we can test and approve to what God's will is. So when we actually begin thinking like him, when we, we face trials, a lot of us face decisions and trials and a new year, a lot of people would be thinking maybe career change or situational change and a lot of things going on. But we need to make sure that we can test and approve that it's God's will leading us into that, not just ours. Oftentimes we can have a new year and we get freshly stirred. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, and, and, you know, by the end of January, it's gone. Either it was lack of discipline or it just really wasn't actually something of substance. It wasn't actually something I could test and approve that that's God's will. One of the things that we regularly say to each other is that there, there's nothing like building in quality time, peace and, and longevity into your life so that you know when those times come, when you need some buffer, you've got it there. You've got it there. So maybe for even just one person today, maybe 2017 was a year where you just ran close to the wire. All year, close to the wire, sleep-wise, time-wise, eating-wise. You know, Maccas did really well out of you this year. And, and you just were so close to the edge. You didn't have quality time for anyone. This is the fastest way to burn out. This is a very fast way to not actually live a quality life. You won't be an antique cedar in a garden bed. You'll be a rusted thing very, very quickly falling apart. But I believe that the more, the more that we see, the more that we understand is that God loves to build us so that we can last. He loves to build quality into us. He loves to build depth into us so that when we're transformed, it's not just a momentary thing, it's a permanent thing. The world, I believe the world is looking for transformed people. It's interesting when you see uh, people giving testimony, not even believers necessarily, but you might see someone giving a, um, I don't know, let's say uh, something relevant right now. I was watching a, um, I think it was Fit Over 40 clip, right? And um, yeah, I was telling you how to get abs at over 40, right? Apparently it gets harder over 40 guys and girls under 40, so just keep going. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so, uh, you know, they showed the before and afters. And isn't it interesting? I'm sure all of you have seen the before and after shots. And it's no matter how many times you see it, you think, oh, I'm just being conned. You see the before and after, you're in. Why? Because a demonstration is very powerful. A testimony is very powerful. When you see a transformation and you don't just hear about it, you believe it. And believe it or not, you sign up to a program, you didn't even, at the first five minutes, you're like, oh, this is just a con, this is just showmanship, it's not real. Before you know it, you've signed up to something, and I didn't sign up to this one, by the way, but I probably will this afternoon. But, <laughs> but there's nothing like seeing transformation, isn't there? This is what I believe the world has against Christians. Not enough transformation. A lot of talk, a lot of belief, a lot of programs, a lot of buildings, a lot of readings, a lot of uh, rules and, and a lot of right rules. There's nothing wrong with that. But only a little bit of transformation. 
Only a little bit of actual real-life transformation. If you've seen the movie Transformers, you'll know that they go from being completely one thing to something completely different. And it's physically impossible what they change into, but that's Hollywood. And you believe it anyway. But that's, that's what we're to be like. And when we set ourselves, I, I want to give you, um, you know, a, a, a secret of something we've done in the last few years. Rather than setting uh, New Year's resolutions, we just want to build another 20% on what we've built last year. We just want to build 20%. So if we've got good quality things going on, I want to build 20% more on that. Now, it doesn't take very long, you mathematicians, to work out before you've doubled You've doubled that transforming work. You've actually doubled and then you've tripled. And over 10 years, over 15 years, you can look and say, wow, I am now a transformed believer. I now do things I never used to do. I'm in the Word more than I used to be. I can hear His voice more than I used to be. I do things, you know, to, to reach out into the community that I didn't used to do. I give in a way I didn't used to do. That's what transformation is very, very powerful over just a few years just a few years. So maybe um, a great way to do that is just pick off some lower hanging fruit in your life. Pick off some of the easy things. Okay, here's an area. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to stop doing that. So rather than a New Year's resolution being, oh, I'm going to you know, take these massive challenges, actually peel off some of those things that are using up your buffer. Peel off some of those things that are wearing you out. Peel, peel off some of those things that you just do to please everyone else. Get rid of those things. I mean, what a fantastic resolution if you just stop doing everything to please everyone else and you actually just please Him. Imagine the room you have in your life, the space. It's like, wow, that's incredible. I, I've actually got room to hear from Him and to be the person He wants me to be. And, and then you begin transforming very powerfully. I want to just take... Take another look on that. Ephesians 4.23, and I think we've got that as well. And uh, this is in New King James. It says very simply, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I'll be honest with you. I had to sit on this one for quite a while. I looked up about six different commentaries to find out what does it mean to be renewed in the spirit. Of your mind. I didn't know my mind had a spirit. It sort of does you in a little bit. But the more I looked on that and just meditated on that, I realized that if you take out mind and put understanding, the spirit of your understanding, you actually get a little bit of revelation that his spirit wants to invade our spirit and our lives so it completely rejuvenates our understanding, our thinking the way we think, so that we can be renewed and we can be increased in his understanding rather than our understanding. It's great to get logic. It's great to get, um, you know, degrees. It's great to be learned, all of those things. I admire people who really go for that stuff. But there's something about someone who carries wisdom in the spirit, real wisdom in the spirit. You know they walk with the Lord. You know when you go to them, they're not quick to just slap you down with a response. They'll actually contemplate something. A guy 
that a lot of you will know, who I believe is a bit like this, is Peter McHugh from Stairway Church. I've spent some time with him, and every now and then we, we hook up on the phone, and, and he's coming as well in February, about a week after Sharper, actually. But uh, when I've spent time with him, I've noticed that he actually doesn't give me very many answers at all because he's just chewing on my question, and he's just thinking of the right way to tell me. In some ways, this is what wisdom does. It's a transformed person who doesn't need the approval of that person sitting there. We know who we are. We're transformed into his likeness. So it doesn't really matter what we say or don't say because we already know that we have someone in us and we're transformed and we can actually transform other people. It's contagious. It's catchable. When you hang around wise people, you want to be wise, don't you? When you hang around good people, you want to be good. When you hang around people who actually have a positive outlook on life, it's very contagious. We, we were blown away years ago when we went to the island of Jersey. We took, took the, our young kids and, and um, we spent a week doing a leader school with Duncan and Kate and, and some of the other Catch the Fire guys uh, Duncan and Kate are also coming this, this year. How about that? I, I didn't mean all of those advertisements, but, um, you know, hey, if it works, do it. But, um, but we were actually blown away in the first few days at the spirit of positivity that these guys carry. And we've, we, if, if there's nothing else that even happened throughout that whole week, that's one thing that we've literally adopted stolen, if you like, and we've captured and tried to keep that. And we've actually fought for that. Every now and then we have to remind ourselves and, and, uh, and, and actually just say, hang on, hang on, that's not, that's not in a spirit of positivity. Because it's one of those things that the flesh tries to take over, doesn't it? The flesh tries to take over and bring doubt, bring criticism. Oh, I see that problem. I see that problem. I see that problem. But a spirit of positivity is, has a very, very renewing work has a healing work on us and on other people. If you want to be one who transforms others, carry a spirit of positivity. Carry a spirit that actually prophesies good things into atmospheres, good things into people's lives, good things into situations, even when others are saying, oh, no, that, that, that's happening. And, you know, this is a trap for people in ministry, pastors a lot. You know, if you hear something that's going on down the road or something's like, oh, no, oh, something's happening there. And, you know, whenever that tone of voice comes in, you need to slap yourself and you need to say, no, that's eating vomit. That's just like eating vomit. It's not healthy. It's not good for you. But it's one of those things we need to rise up in that transforming power and actually be Christ in that moment. Every single one of us in the room has opportunities to be Jesus to people around us. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But it's in those moments where I believe he actually is so pleased with us. I listened to a podcast this week that um, it was just fantastic. It's R.T. Kendall, one of my favorite teachers, and um, still going strong at like 85, 86. And anyway, he said that with the presence of God, it pleases God to pour out his spirit in a manifest way onto us. And it's like God is pleased to do that. He's, he's pleasing us. But when we don't, feel his manifest presence, which is a lot of us in the room. Sometimes we've, we've never really felt that powerful touch like some people do. Then we're pleasing him if we're faithful. We're actually standing and we're actually pleasing him 
We're saying to him, Lord, it it doesn't matter whether I can tangibly sense you or not. I'm still going to please you. This is what happens in the renewed life into his likeness. And we'll read that again in Romans 12 too, because it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Whether he's touching you or not, you will worship him. Whether you can sense him or not, you will worship him. And we want everyone to sense him. We want everyone to feel his presence and come into that place. But whether that happens or not, you will still stand. You will still worship. It's interesting looking over. uh, I'm still trying to work out whether I'm 42 or 43. Anyway, I'm I'm one of those ages. Um, I was born in 75. What does that make me? Yeah, 42. Anyway, I misquote that to a lot of people in the last six months. But anyway... But there's, there's an observation I've made in my middle ages. And that is that there are many people, even people that we've seen and that are close to us, we've seen many, many people in, in this sort of age bracket, late 30s, 40s, you know, around that, that season, fall away from the Lord, not walking the way they were years and years ago. And I've been actually dwelling on this for like this year. Just dwelling on it, dwelling on it. Some of the people who I've seen who are so on fire for the Lord, who maybe did great things, missions or whatever, you know, just amazing things for the Lord, but they've fallen away. Some would say they've grown cold. And I believe this is why the transformation process is so, so paramount. Our antique equipment has faced some serious storms, I think, since the 1930s. And it would have had hail. It would have had probably been struck by lightning a few times. And, you know, it's had some very, very... And it, it is looking a little aged. However, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. And that's the key. And even if today there's someone in the room and you've had a tough decade or two and it, life can throw us some really, really curveballs, then I want to say to you, good on you for still standing. You're here. You're still standing. And just like our old piece of antique equipment, he will still use you. He might resurrect you and place you in a fresh garden patch. He might actually do something in a whole new season. I bet our antique equipment did not know it's going to be admired for the rest of its life in its, in its you know, final decades. It might outlast us. I don't know. But it's now got a whole new lease of life. He may want to do that with you. He may want to do that in your life and give you something that you never thought would happen because he's placed you in a great garden place where finally you're in your rightful place. You're not buried. You're not hidden anymore. He's actually stirring you for a new thing. That's a prophetic word for some of you. He's stirring you for a new thing. Not that you have to make a resolution, but that you have to just yield to him because he's all over it. He's all over you. All you have to do is just let him, just allow him, allow him to use the gifts and talents that he's put inside of you. And watch transformations happen. Watch transformations happen. It can be really, really easy sometimes. It doesn't have to be hard work. Let me say that again because, again, in this modern day, we've got so many programs, we've got so many methods, we've got so many styles. You think you have to be doing something to make it all happen, but you don't. You don't. It doesn't have to be hard work. Following Jesus, yielding to his will can be the easiest thing or the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's all up to you. It's just up to you. Will you say yes? Will you say no? Whatever he's asking you to do, it can be the easiest thing. And so 
I think that disappointment is one of those things the enemy uses. He brings in disappointment. And then he, and then he rounds up some friends that congregate around disappointment. And they hover around you. And if you feed on that for long enough, it can turn into bitterness. And it can turn into anxiety. And it can turn into negativity. And before you know it, we've actually turned away from those things that we know to be true because we've listened to disappointment. We've listened to fear. We've listened to those things that we used to completely stand against. But in the transformation process, when we haven't seen over 20 years the kind of transformation that we thought would happen, it can be very disappointing. Remember the antique cedar. (laughs) I want to just plant that in your heads today. Remember the antique cedar. It can outlast anything, outlast any modern piece of equipment because it's still standing. If you're still standing, you still have great value in the kingdom. If, you still, if you're still a believer, you still have things to do. Don't discount your value. Don't discount what you have to do today, tomorrow, next week, this year. This year could be the greatest year of your life. It doesn't have to be a disappointment. Turn away from disappointment. Reject disappointment. Disappointment will continually come back. And you, you can do everything you possibly can. And we, we, we believe in heart healing, but disappointment still tries to come back. It's one of the enemy's arrows, isn't it? It's one of the arrows. Fear, anxiety, stress, negativity, disappointment, all of those things. Recognize the arrows and cut them off. Get rid of them. Use the armor of God. Use whatever you need to use. Use your punching bag if you need to use that. Get your abs going, whatever you need. But it's powerful when we actually learn to overcome this stuff, isn't it? Really, really powerful. I want to read that verse again in Ephesians 4.23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the deep places of our understanding. The deep places of our understanding. This is not just... just Normal, rational thinking. This is the deeper places. Jesus wants to go deep, doesn't he? He wants to go deep within us. He wants us to be transformed so that literally, and I've heard all my Christian life, you know, hopefully people can see us and and, and they'll just know Jesus. And I remember uh, really when we were reading a lot of revival books and reading Wigglesworth and Wesley and Finney and Whitfield and all those guys, I remember reading about Smith Wigglesworth and apparently... Um, sometimes when he'd travel on a train or public transport, other people would be impacted by God in him. And I've often desired that. And I think I was somewhere this week, actually, and I was actually, I was in the gym, believe it or not. See, I am working on my abs. Um, and, and a lady brought in her disabled son, who's quadriplegic. And I was working away. To be honest, I felt guilty. I'm thinking, here I am working out and this guy can't even walk. But I, I was just dwelling on it as I was working out and I, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if he just got up and, uh, you know, just because I was close to him, he just got out of his wheelchair. And then I actually felt a little rebuke from the Lord. I thought, well, wouldn't that be amazing? But how would anyone ever know that that was me, as in him, doing that if he just gets up spontaneously? And says, hey, bring it on. Let it happen. But actually, he wants to use you and me. He wants to make us contact points for the kingdom, doesn't he? 
So I actually realised, no, I've got to actually go and either talk to him or I went and talked to his mum and just engaged a little bit because I thought, what good is it having all this treasure stored up and not spending it? And at that time, I, I didn't really feel to do too much. But I knew that just even making contact with her, I thought, yeah, that's, that's enough at this stage. That's enough at this stage. I'm not going to push myself to sort of throw him out of his wheelchair and do all that sort of stuff. But, hey, if God tells you to, go for it. But the transformation was little, but it was there. But it took actually obedience. It took me doing something. The, the easy way out would be for God to sovereignly just bomb Adelaide with revival. Wouldn't that be so easy? And we'd all get caught up in this revival bomb, this cloud. Churches would be full and be amazing, be incredible. Well, what's he asking us to do toward that? What's he asking us to do in the transformation process to actually look like that now? Do we have to wait for a sovereign bomb or are we actually enabled to walk in transformation, kingdom, revival, power now? When we build year on year, we actually grow in what that looks like to carry that. And so that's what I want to leave you with today is not so much a, a massive motivation to make some, you know, incredible commitments, but actually to undo some commitments, undo some things that you shouldn't be doing, undo some belief patterns about yourself and about other people that shouldn't be in your head, undo some habits that are in your life that shouldn't be there. Because undoing those things gives margins. It gives you room to transform so that the renewing and even in the spirit of our mind, the spirit of our understanding, we can go deep with him. We can hear from him in a new and fresh way. Disappointments. I want to just finish with this. Disappointments. Get rid of them in 2018. Get rid of disappointments in 2018. They're not yours. They're not yours. They're not yours. Do you believe that? <laughs> They're not yours. The disappointments that have happened, we, we, we all stuff up. We all like sheep have gone astray, apparently. And so, <laughs> I won't sing it, don't worry. Let's stand. <laughs> hey, Adrian and Adriana, I just get a sense that 2018 is going to be a great year for you guys. And... Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, the sense I get is that the secret struggles, the secret struggles, not, not what other people know or I would know, but the secret struggles that you guys have been through end this year. They end this year. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just really sense that privately you guys have walked through and you've stood and you've believed when you, you really haven't been seeing. You really haven't been seeing. But that 2018 is a new year for you and that his anointing is on you and, and there's a destiny that you haven't seen yet that I believe will begin in 2018. It won't be fulfilled, but it will begin in 2018. And, and he's going to be stirring maybe some dreams and maybe he's already been giving you some dreams, but they might be refreshing and there's going to be some encouragement. I believe there's going to be some confirmations of other people just speaking into your life and things that you're going to see and hear that join dots. Years and years and years of dots are going to be joined into a, into a convergence of 2018 for you guys. So, yeah, bless you guys. Mm.
Yeah, let's pray, hey? Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Um, hey, why don't you just pray for a minute? I just want to have a chat with Karen. Is that okay? Yeah, Lord, we ask for good things. We ask for good things to be released, even right now, Lord, for your presence, for your voice, for your confirmations. Lord, we just ask that you'd get rid of things that don't need to be in our lives. Lord, that you'd just tear away old things. You'd get rid of old garments, get rid of old thinking, get rid of old habits. Lord, we just lay them at the cross today. And Lord, we ask for your fresh life, for your peace, for your anointing. Lord, we thank you for your presence.